It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. I'm Stacy Parkinson. And I'm Stacy Trisenkos. Thank you for joining us on our 28th episode on October the 19th, Wednesday, on the Memorial of Saints John and Isaac, priests and companions, martyrs of the Catholic Church. We are here today to go over the scripture reading with Miss Stacy and also a very, very fundamental teaching of the Catechism as Stacy um, covers the readings for today that talk about the second coming of Christ. Uh, just to ba- go back and review why we are all made to know God. Why are we all made to know God? Even atheists are made to know God. What does that really mean, and how can we use it to draw people closer to Christ? Good morning, Stacy. I'm looking forward to your prayer and reflection. Well, good morning. Let's just say a quick prayer and get started. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for... Um, Thank you for making this day and and giving it to us. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, Help us not to lean on our own understanding, Lord. Help us not to try to figure everything out on our own, but to trust in you and to follow you. And Lord, we ask that you would open the eyes of our understanding, uh, that we would comprehend the scriptures. Give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear you. Mother Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. All right, so you know what I'm about to say. Go get your cup of tea, a cup of coffee, grab your Bible, spend some time with the Lord today. So today we're going to focus on the, oh, you know what? I wanted to talk a little bit about the saints. Their, um, their last names, I do not know how to pronounce. Saints. I left him out. Notice. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> Saints John and Isaac. So they lived in the 1600s. Father Isaac was captured by the um, Iroquois Indians and imprisoned for 13 months. So over a year, he was imprisoned and just beaten and tortured. And unexpected chance uh, came around, and he escaped. Um, he returned back to France, but he had so many marks on his body because he had been so severely abused. As a matter of fact, his fingers had been cut, chewed, and burnt off. Mm. So he wasn't he wasn't allowed to do the uh, mass. However, Pope Urban the Eighth gave him permission to offer mass with his mutilated hands, and he said. The um, Pope Urban said it would be shameful that a martyr of Christ not be allowed to drink the blood of Christ. So he was allowed to celebrate mass. He was welcomed home as a, a hero, but he was 
pulled back. He wanted to go back and finish what he felt like he didn't finish. So after he being captured by a war party, again, he was tomahawked and beheaded. So the second time he went back, he was killed. And then our uh, John, he was a French Jesuit, and he came to Canada at the age of 32 and labored there for 24 years. And he also was captured by the Iroquois and, and killed. But he composed catechisms and a dictionary for the Huron, and he saw 7,000 converted before his wow. death in 1649. Saint John and Saint Isaac, pray for us. Pray for us. All right. So the reading for today is I'm going to read the gospel. Jesus said to his disciples, be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared for at an hour you do not expect the son of man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly, I say to you, he will put him in charge of all his property. But if that master says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk, then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will, but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will, shall be severely beaten. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I guess the the one part that really spoke to me is you must be prepared. So it says Jesus said to his disciples, "Be sure of this: if the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not he would not have let his house be broken into." You also must be prepared. Have you ever had someone show up at your house unexpectedly? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> I'm sure we all have. But one day, Natalie and I, my daughter and I were coming home and we had we passed a man that had pulled over another car, was standing outside that car and was talking to him. And as we passed by, he waved at he was trying to get us to pull over and I didn't notice that he was even doing that at first, but I did not pull over. I did not know who he was. I didn't pull over. So we just kept going, drove down the road a little bit. And about 40 minutes later, after I had gotten home, he shows up at my house and he's knocking on my door and my dog's going crazy. And I'm telling Natalie, don't answer the door. I don't know who that is. I think that's that guy we passed on the street. I don't know what he wants. I'm telling my mom to hide. <laughs> I'm like, I just kind of overreacted Help. a little bit. I'm like, go upstairs. I'm calling Pat on the phone. And I'm like, 
I don't know what I thought was going on, but I got a little anxious that this guy had come to the door. I had just seen him on the on the road trying to, you know, pull yeah. me over. And so he stands in the driveway and he looks up and I'm staring at him from the upstairs window. And as I see him look at me, I slowly back away from the window. <laughs> uh, but the next day he finally drives off. But the next day I was telling my neighbors who are ex-police officers and I told her, I said, I just had this weird feeling. Oh, my goodness. So they went in full investigation mode and found out that he was the son of another neighbor that lives down the road from us. And I live in the country. So when I say yeah. down the road a ways, I mean, that's, right. you know, it is. Yeah. But it was his son and he was trying to give away kittens. <laughs> oh, well, good. You didn't go to the door. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean. But I mean, perfectly innocent, but I was a little bit, you know, I just kind of overreacted a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to be that much will be required of the person entrusted with much. <laughs> right. With the cats. That's with right. Kids, no. <laughs> but I, I obviously was not prepared that day to, to receive someone or cats. <laughs> if we knew for sure, it talks about the, the robber. Jesus is comparing the day of his return to some a thief in the night. If we knew for sure when something something was about to happen or when someone was about to uh, rob our home, surely we would be waiting for that knock at the door. I mean, maybe even have the police waiting there at the house. I mean, we would be prepared if we knew that, you know, if a thief texted us and said, hey, I'm going to be there in 20 minutes to rob your house, we would be prepared. But we don't know when Jesus is coming. However, we still need to be prepared. If I have guests coming over and I do know they're coming, I go in full cleaning mode. I am getting everything ready. I think that if I lived each day focused on Jesus and the possibility that today could be the day, I would live this day differently. I would live yesterday differently. I wouldn't be so concerned with earthly possessions, competing with everyone, keeping up with the Joneses, um, all the trivial things that I worry about day to day, hour to hour. Don't think I would focus on them quite so much. I think it would really limit the things that I worry about because I would be more concerned on about me. Right. I mean, about my heart issues, about things that mm -hmm. I need to get in order. My house, my body, my house. eternity. Yes, I would be more concerned about the things that I need to get in my spiritual life and, and eternity. Absolutely. Um, it goes on to say, but if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk. I guess this reminds me of that old saying I'm sure we've all heard. When the cat's away, the mice will play. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we do get so comfortable um, in our routines. Like I, could, I think about kids when my, when my kids were younger and if I was away, the things that they were not doing, they weren't doing their chores. They weren't doing the things I'd asked them to do. The longer I stayed away, the less um, they did. Um, if a boss goes on vacation and leaves you with a project, and they keep they don't come back when they're supposed to, then, you know, sometimes we can just get lackadaisical and we just don't put as much into our jobs or the the rules and the things that we're supposed to be doing. And um, 
maybe we're not beating our people, maybe we're not beating our employees, but but we can get very lax. But if the parents or the boss shows up early, unexpected, the kids get caught, they get punished, the employee loses his job. I mean, just putting that in a day-to-day example. Second Peter says, First of all, you must understand this, that in the last day, scoffers will come scoffing and indulging their own lusts and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For ever since our ancestors died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And that just sounds like people start to get comfortable and they start doubting and they don't think about it. They don't think about it. They get comfortable in their shoes and their routines, doing what they want to do, fulfilling the lust of the flesh, taking care of their own desires. Um, We have responsibilities now. The way we live our life matters now, today. Building a relationship with Jesus and loving each other that's we have to do that today as if he were coming back tomorrow. This fa- passage of scripture is a good reminder of how we are to live each day as if Jesus could be back tomorrow. We would certainly do a heart check, get things in order. Mm-hmm. And I encourage everyone to just go back and read this passage of scripture and just maybe do that heart check because we just don't know the day or the hour. No. And I mean, we we could even um, this could be the day we die. You know, we could meet our maker literally in, in any of these days. Um, you just don't know. Have a car accident or get sick. And it is a good reminder to clean up the house of our life and, and be ready to go whenever and to go to confession. Uh, we avail ourselves of that beautiful sacrament of confession like we did at our retreat last weekend. But um, we can forget to go too, and we can get a little behind on going. If you haven't been to confession in in a month or two, we encourage you to find out at your local parish when you can get to confession or even call the priest there and and make an appointment. Yes, because it's so easy to let the busyness of our day, because we are all so busy. The world pulls us in a million different directions. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to let the busyness of today steal those moments. And and then we don't go to confession. We put Mm -hmm. it off. And I think that's just the, the, the main message is just be prepared. Don't keep putting off for tomorrow what we need to do today. Yeah. Always eternally good advice. And looking at that last part, like I always feel convicted when I read that scripture too. much will be required of the person entrusted with much and still more will be demanded of the person of the person entrusted with more. And it comes right after talking about the servant who knew his master's will. So us, if if we are practicing Catholics and we know God's will, but we don't get on it, we don't make preparations or act in accord with his will we will be held more accountable than the person who didn't really understand that you are to conform your will to God's will in your life, but nevertheless tried to live a good life. And it sounds kind of unfair, but it's not unfair. It, it, we, I mean, we all owe our maker everything. And if we do know that we're supposed to follow God's will and we don't, we don't worry about it and we don't get on it. We, I think we are more culpable 
in that passage, much will be required of the person entrusted with much and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more really should give us all pause if we're even taking the time to read this because clearly we we are those who are being entrusted with much and we need to ask what is our what does god want us to do today what is your will for me today god i was thinking when i read this about the catechism there's a very beginning and fundamental concept in the catechism the usccb catechism of the catholic church starts with this idea and it's so fundamental i want to cover it today because if you have someone in your life who's not a Christian, not Catholic, not conforming his or her will to God's will, I think this is a very important thing to understand. We sometimes come at evangelization and catechesis or our, you know, God's will is for souls to come to heaven. And we we approach other people in our life like loving God is an option. like, And we do have free will. So in that sense, it is an option. But we are also made to know God. The desire for God, chapter one in the USCCB catechism talks about man's capacity for God, humans capacity for God. The desire for God is written on the human heart, written in the human heart. We are created by God and for God, and God never ceases to draw us to him. So that applies to everyone. That applies to the hardened atheist. It applies to those Indians that that Saints John and Isaac were ministering to, people who've, who, who are good-hearted and good people of goodwill, but who have never heard the gospel message. It applies to every human. It applies to that baby that's born. It applies to that toddler who's walking around trying to understand things. That desire to search for truth and that desire to search for love is the desire for God written in the human heart. So I it helps me when I'm thinking about God's will for my life. It helps me to remember that, that every single person I encounter in a day, it's not like we're selling something with Christianity. It's not like, oh, hey, maybe you'll like the Galaxy Samsung phone, or maybe you'll like the iPhone, or maybe, you know, maybe you'll like this product (laughs) or that product. Like it's an option of endless religions that we can pick from what suits our taste. That's not how it is. And, and think about what we pray in the creed, that God created us. God is our creator. He is our redeemer, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, the second person of the Holy Trinity become man who Jesus Christ, who lived and died for our sins so that we would have a way to get to heaven, to be with God forever and all eternity cleansed of all of our sins. We're all called to do that. Like it, it's not, it's as, it's as natural to us, as supernatural to us as our hearts beating. Just the same way as we desire oxygen to breathe, we are made to desire God. And that radically changes the way you look at people around you. Because what you say, Stacey, all the time, hurting people hurt people. That's true. And, and hurting people are usually ones who are turned away from God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm still hurting from the loss of my grandson. I'm, I'm hurting, but I'm not going to hurt people because of that, because I understand that 
I, I'm just trying to get my head around the sorrow and the grief and how I can help my daughter. But I, but I, I'm not hurting in the sense that I'm, I'm turning away from God, but there are so many people that are because they don't understand. And our job in our life, like the most important job in our life is to get ourselves to heaven and to get everyone that God puts on our path to heaven as well, whatever God's will is for us with that person. So I want to read just getting back to traditions in the Catholic church. Not only does the catechism start with reminding us all like, hey, if you're going to read the catechism of the Catholic church and learn what the Catholic church teaches, you got to start with understanding that the desire for God is written in the human heart. It's not an option for any person. It's not an option. It's something we're made for. Um, I want to start by going through that. And there is a quote from a very beautiful Vatican II encyclical. So if you haven't read the documents of Vatican II, I encourage you to, especially if you're wondering like what's Vatican II all about, read the documents and you'll understand. Don't, don't read all the fighting on the internet among Catholics. Read the actual documents. There's one called Pastoral Constitution on the Church in the Modern World, Gaudium et Spes. And that means um, joys and hope joy and hope. And there's a whole encyclical from His Holiness Pope Paul VI, the same one that wrote Humanae Vitae from 1965. He wrote an encyclical on joy and hope, and that's what he's talking about. He starts it out, the joys and the hopes, the griefs and the anxieties of the men of this age. And when they say men, they mean human, all of us. I mean, it's not like women are excluded there. They're, they're talking about humans of the humans of this age, especially those who are poor or in any way afflicted. These are the joys and hopes, the griefs and anxieties of the followers of Christ. Indeed, nothing genuinely human fails to raise an echo in their hearts and an echo for God. So we're, we're led by the Holy Spirit. We are called, when I was a new convert, I read something like that. It says we're all made to know God. And I was like, what, what do you, what does that mean? Made to know God. We're made to know God. Does that mean we don't have free will? Like God makes us know him. Like he sets us down and grabs us by the shoulders and says, you must know me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and the priest is like, no, that's not what it means. He means we're made for it. We're mm -hmm. created for it. We're, we're made that way. Just like we're made to breathe air. We're made to know God and we do have free will to turn away from God. Or even if we're practicing Catholics, we have the free will to just become complacent and not really care on a daily basis. We have the free will to do all of that, but we're going against what we're made to do. And I point that out because I think we all feel it we, when we're not ready for the Savior to come, when we're not ready to have a happy death and meet our maker today. Well, we're not ready for that. We're not doing what we're made to do. And there will be a discord. There will be an unquiet in our heart. There will be something in us that, is, that isn't quite right. And a lot of times just getting yourself in accord with what you're made for is is 99% of the work of being at peace and being joyful I want to read a quote by St. Teresa of Avila, um, doctor of the church that 
came up on my feed this morning from a dear friend, Kathleen Nicoloro, who um, who is a friend I've had on the internet for many years and have talked to on the phone, um, especially um, because of the loss of of a grandchild in my case and a child in her case, a baby. Uh, she put this quote on her Facebook feed today. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. Though all things pass, God does not change. Patience wins all things. <laughs> yeah. But he lacks nothing who possesses God, for God alone suffices. And radical quotes like that, I, I mean, I do struggle with those myself. If that, if you're kind of like, oh, that sounds pretty, but I don't know what that means. It means what we're talking about in the scripture today and what we're talking about in the catechism today and from Gaudium et Spes from Vatican II. It, it really is God alone suffices. Like if you're if you're not flowing in accord with what you're made for, if you're not seeking the will of God in your heart and in your life every day, you're not living the way you're made to live. You, you can't be at peace. You can't be at peace. You will be going. It's like trying to hold your breath. You can't be at peace. And so it's not just the church saying to us, hey, you got an obligation. You need to do this. It's the church saying to us, this is what you're made for. And if you're trying to bucket or go against it, you're not going to find joy and and hope. Yeah, you're going you're to have trouble finding all of that. So just really encourage you today to look at the people in your life who maybe seem like they're atheist or seem like they're not seeking God or maybe seem like they're actually rebelling against God and look at them that way. They're made for God just the same way we are made for, for God. Uh, and, and so that and to me, that gives me a, that understanding of the other person gives me more patience and how I deal with them. They're not, they're hurting if they're turning away from God. They're hurting themselves. They're like going through life, holding their breath and they're not at peace. And what, so that changes the way you minister to them and, and the way you evangelize, help them get with the flow, right, right. <laughs> help them more get with the flow and turn around and realize that's what they're made for. And sometimes it that means we don't even talk about God. Sometimes the person who's suffering and uh, having angst because they're not going with the flow and seeking God, what they're, what you can say to them is they're, they're seeking to be known, to know and be known. They want to know the truth and they want people to know who they are, to see them as a human person, the dignity of the human person. And that, that quote even says the dignity of man rests above all on the fact that he is called to communion with God. So help that person find his or her dignity, help them know and be known like you do, Stacy. show empathy to them, show understanding, help them seek the truth, help them understand they have dignity themselves and, and get to know that person and also help them love and be loved, help them, help them love other people, help them know that they are loved by you, which is showing them they're loved by God. And yeah. just helping people with those, help them know that they belong. And that will go a long way to helping orient a person back towards God. Yes, that's that's beautiful. I mean, we are called to be his hands and feet here. Um, and you said something about um, made for him, you know, in, 
it, we know that we need something. We, we, we all know we're all longing for something. We know that we need something. There's something bigger than us. We need something to complete our broken hearts and, and uh, fill our minds and our spirits. And we, we feel in, un- incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. <laughs> and there is a quote by, uh, I believe it's St. Augustine that says, Aww. our hearts are restless yeah. till they find rest in thee. Yes. That thou has formed us for, he, he's formed us for himself and our hearts are restless till we rest in him. And I mean, we are on a journey here, whether we realize it or not, whether we understand that journey or not, we're on a journey and um, we won't, we won't find that rest until we find him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just love those fundamental truths. So whatever you are doing today, uh, Stacy and I have busy days ahead of us and know that we're, we're praying that everyone listening uh, finds God today. We're praying for you. Mm-hmm. Stacy and I are praying for each other. I'm sure yes. we'll talk several times today <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and share our, our joys and our griefs as we go through the day. But God loves you. Yes. I'm Stacy Trisankos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>